My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Welcome back to our listeners. We have taken, we took a bit of a break and now we're back with a new season of the Family Finance Show. And our first guest of the new season is none other than my husband, Anael. Anael, thank you so much for being brave and joining me on this podcast where we're going to talk a little bit about how you and I manage our family finances. And this is going to be a bit of a theme for the coming up season. So listeners will hear just ordinary families like you and me discuss how they manage their finances. So welcome to the show. So nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with when we were children. What did you learn about money growing up? Um, look, uh, money for my parents was not a big, a big thing per se. Uh, they were not... Uh, uh, it was not. There was not really a big focus on on money. What is true is that they were hard workers uh, and quite um, frugal. I think they were quite frugal, but there was not really a lot of um, uh, focus on, on money. What you know, like also when you grew up in France, what I realized uh, uh, when I came in in South Africa is that we lucky in Europe to have a, a welfare system that. Ensures or gives you access to uh, an employment if you need it, a retirement, uh, uh, health system that is pretty good. So that's fantastic. The downside of that is that you don't really need to understand a lot about uh, about savings and investments, and uh, and I didn't have a clue. Uh, I didn't have a clue about any of that when. I had some savings and I didn't know what to do, where to invest. And, and that was, for me, quite new. Just to pick on, up on the word frugal, I think that this is what we had in common growing up. I think we grew up in very different parts of the world, but somehow our parents managed to communicate the same values around money to us. Um, even though you didn't have money education, you learned the value of hard work. And I think my parents as well probably the most hardworking people I know. And my father, especially frugal, my mom and dad are frugal, but my father is especially frugal. He was so proud to have bought a suit for my brother's wedding at a secondhand shop. In fact, he lives in New Zealand. My whole family live in New Zealand. And they, um, my father shops for clothes almost exclusively at the secondhand shop. So he's very proud for my brother's wedding to have found a suit. He hadn't owned a suit since his own wedding. Um, for a hundred, like the equivalent of a hundred rand, so, um, so that's that is that are our, that's our parents. Very very frugal and very interesting point you make about um, growing up in a country that provides a lot of social support and services, and how different that is here in South Africa. Indeed. So we joined our finances at some point. We were both uh, individuals with our own budgets, our own savings, our own. Um, uh, plan with what we wanted to do with our money and then after we met we dated for a bit moved in together and finally got married and we've been married now for um, 
seven years. So how was it for you, the experience of merging our finances? Um, and also after having kids, what was that like to go from having to be responsible for only your finances to being responsible for family finances, jointly responsible? Actually, it changed a lot. Uh, that's probably the biggest financial uh, change that happened in my life. Uh, obviously, the expenses are multiplied by four, uh, and plus the uh, education, the school, everything is much more expensive for four than what it is for one. Also, uh, the the approach to the I mean the risk profile. You, I'm much more risk averse now. Before it was not really important to me. Now I try to get safety nets in place. I try to, I'm thinking just in case if something happened to the kids, to my wife, to like, so you need to plan differently uh, your, 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 your finance. Uh, and that's really a massive change to your question. Yeah, I think those are really, really important points that people need to think about in terms of family finances is the risk that that you take and what about if someone had a look at our budget so someone from outside and looked at where we spent our money what might they say we overspend on what what would they look look at our budget as an outsider's perspective and say sure these guys spend a lot on this so first, you introduced me uh, to the concept of uh, family budgets. I never did that before, so I didn't have a clue. I was uh, uh, running uh, blind. Mm -hmm. uh, so what my uh, financial advisor told me, aka my wife, <laughs> is that we are spending a lot uh, on um, education and travels. Uh, ob obviously on top of whatever, the food, the petrol, the... Uh, the, but but the, the the two big uh, areas of spending are uh, education and and travel, and but I, I, I'm I'm happy with that. I, I don't. Uh, I think it is quite aligned with my or with with our values. Um, so so I'm I'm quite happy with that. I think you also bring up a good point there around values, and I've always believed that a budgeting discussion is not a discussion on what we should spend money on or where should we cut our spending. It's really a discussion on values. So if you're having um, some, let's say, disagreements with your spouse on certain budget, budget items, it could be helpful to reframe them as values discussions. So to give an example, um, uh, one spouse might value cars, you know, driving a really nice car, and another another spouse might value autonomy. And in this case, so working for themselves, which which might mean less income. So in this case, you should really discuss with your spouse the the different values. What is the benefit of one versus the other? How should we allocate our um, how, how should we allocate our funding? Because Everyone has limited resources. I mean, there might be a few people in the world with unlimited resources, but those are not people listening to this podcast. Most people will have limited resources, and it's about prioritizing 
where do we spend those resources? And in our case, I agree with you, we spend, uh, we try to prioritize spending on education, both um, the schooling, school fees for our children, as well as other education that we give them through taking them to experience different cultures and things like that. What do you think? Yeah, and look, I guess it's, I mean, obviously you want to have for you and your family as much as possible. But uh, to your point, we have limitations. And But for me, the, the, the trade-off here is between uh, education, as an example, and, uh, and a fancy, fancy car is very easy to do. I don't care, I don't want, I don't care f- about a fancy car or a big TV or whatever, the latest uh, iPhone. But I care a lot about enjoying a great holiday or good giving a good education to my kids so that's i guess that's where again we need to yet to 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 have the same values because not everyone is uh is having the same uh system values and and that's that's for me where uh where you need to be very very clear with your with your partner yeah i agree i think both of us i think car in terms of priority is more than a hundred on the list we neither of us we could not really care less about cars when cars are not important to us but for other people they're important so again what we're trying to be we're trying to do in this series of podcast episodes is to give a variety of views a variety Mm -hmm. of ways of approaching finance and not to be prescriptive so maybe we can chat about an instance where we disagreed because I think we agree on a lot of stuff. The core values in terms of how we were brought up with regards to money, how we prioritize our spending within our family. We agree on 98% of, of what we do, which, which is lucky. I mean, I think, I think in some cases, couples don't agree. They have different values with regards to uh, where to prioritize spending. But I think that on the whole, we're pretty good at that. But it's not to say that we don't disagree. So can you think of any um, recent disagreements we've had about where to prioritize our spending? I Yeah, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, maybe two months ago, we had to redo our, uh, our driveway. And that was a bit of a disagreement. Should we or shouldn't we spend money on that? That is not uh, like... Uh, uh, critical uh, expense should we spend a bit or or a lot on on the quality of the driveway so i, I remember many long uh, discussions and disagreements around that uh, about two months ago yeah maintenance of a house is something that as a homeowner you really have to do and it was one of those cases where I thought that we, you know, it was time to redo the driveway after seven years, the cracks and maintenance need to be done. But we we didn't necessarily agree on whether we should go, like how much we should spend on it. There were, I think, three options on the table and we had to decide. And I think the way that we got over that disagreement was just by talking through the different options, what are the pros and cons, where would we spend the money if we didn't spend it on the driveway? So what is the opportunity cost of spending the money on redoing the driveway? So those kind of things. I mean, that's that helped us to, to come to an agreement on, on what to do. 
And what about mistakes? Um, this is one question I like to ask uh, my podcast guests because I think everyone has made mistakes and I think that listeners can really learn from other people's mistakes. Um, that's the way to learn the easy way is to learn from other people's mistakes. Um, and I think if you can apply some of those learnings in your own life, you you can avoid some, some very, very expensive mistakes. So what would you say are some of your mistakes, financial mistakes? Um, so as I was saying before, I've got, oh, I had very poor financial knowledge uh, and, and you you helped me a lot on that. And what I learned, uh, I think my, my mistake has been clearly to start investing too late. Uh, I wish, even if it was a small amount, I wish I could have started uh, investing early on in my 20s, even if it's um, a few hundred rands, uh, just uh, thinking about the compounding effects. Uh, I, I think I missed, I missed a lot of uh, growing opportunity uh, there. Yeah, compound growth is not intuitive. And if you haven't learned about it, it's very difficult to uh, kind of visualize. So um, if listeners don't know about compound growth and how powerful it is, I can point you in the direction of an episode I did with Sam Beck-Bessinger. You can just search on the website and uh, you'll find that interview with Sam on compound growth. And I think it's really one of the essential concepts to understand with regards to family finances. And compound growth is the reason that the earlier you start, the better. But as you once said to me, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but the next best time is now. So again, if you in your 50s and you haven't started saving or investing, don't lose, don't lose hope. Just start today. Don't leave it any longer. And then another mistake that I can think of that we made or I made, I suppose we both made because we, we bought the house together and I think we overpaid for the house. We, hmm. uh, house, buying a house is a very emotional purchase and we'd put an offer in on a previous house that was not accepted. And I think I was seven months pregnant with our first child. And so when we found the house that we loved, uh, we, we just, put in an offer that I think was above what the owner would have expected. We probably paid 5% more than we should have. So in terms of compound growth, that's really not a good thing to, to overpay for an asset right at the beginning. So that's one mistake that I wish I'd done differently. I agree. I agree with you. I think we it was a very emotional purchase and we didn't really do the Math. I mean, we, you do it, but at the same time, you're so much. Um, uh, you, you're driven by emotions more than by uh, reason in such a key uh, purchase for the family. Another thing that we've talked a lot about in our relationship with regards to family finances is how we will leave a legacy to our children and whether. We want to leave a financial inheritance or something else. Can you speak a little bit about that? Um, okay, so uh, when I think about that, the, the first um, person that I, I'm thinking about is, is your dad, actually, because he, he, taught, he, he taught us once, like he wanted to, 
to die uh, the, the, with like spending his last rand <laughs> on his last day of life. Mm -hmm. I, I, I pretty much agree with that, with that approach. For me, the legacy to the kids is quite clear. It's about the education I give them, we give them, the, the school they're going to, at, or they're going at, the, the, the values we give them and we share with them, uh, and the opportunities we can uh, offer them. And that's that's the, the big legacy I'm concerned about. If after living our lives, we there's still some leftover uh, uh, that's good for, for, for them. I wouldn't mind having a, a giving a, a small or a big amount of the leftover for charity or for other kids that didn't have uh, the chance uh, we are giving to our kids. But yeah, my, my view on this is that legacy is not a financial legacy. It's a value it's an opportunity, it's an education, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're talking as if we might have any money left over at the end of our lives, <laughs> which um, which is not in any way guaranteed. I mean, we're planning for it. That's why we're doing financial planning, so that we do have enough to retire on. But um, you never know. We might spend it all, and then there'll be no financial legacy for the kids. But regardless of the financial legacy, you can give your kids a much more important legacy, which is what you're talking about, which is um, the opportunities that you expose them to, opportunities to interact with different cultures, opportunities to learn new things, opportunities to explore their own passions. So, yeah, for me, that's much more important. And for me, it's really important to spend time with the kids when they're at home with us because you never get that opportunity again. So, that's what I've prioritized, I think, in the last um, seven years or so. Hmm. And then what about your guilty spending pleasure, if you've got any? I know that um, being from frugal families, you and I, we do sometimes feel guilty about spending money. Do you have anything you feel guilty about spending on? You remind me quite often that I'm overspending on the expensive imported chocolates uh, <laughs> so that's that's clearly my my guilty spending. It's actually a good way to know if the rand is weak. I know that if the 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 lean chocolate is is expensive, it means that the rand is is uh, losing value. Uh, but uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't think about any other big expense. I'm I'm lucky to have, you know, um, like I'm I'm a I'm a runner, as you well know. And uh, I, I like this, this sport for different reasons. But from a financial point of view, it's, it's a very cheap, uh, non-expensive sport. Uh, I just need a pair of shoes. I open the gate and I start running. I don't even need a membership to a, a gym, an expensive bike or a racket. I just go and uh, I spend time, no money. Uh, running, uh, so that's not even uh, like uh, like a guilty ex expenses because it's it's not true. Yeah, for me, it's buying children's books. I just love buying books for the kids, and of course, it's um, edu educational. So it's it's not really bad. But I, the reason I feel guilty is because we have so many books. I really don't think our kids will benefit from 
or definitely don't need another book. But I just love beautifully illustrated children's books. And whenever I have the opportunity, I can't resist buying another one for them. Yeah, we, we have a lot. Is there anything else? So we've come almost to the end of our time here. Is there anything else you wanted to say or ask or anything at all, messages that you wanted to leave for listeners? I mean, look, it, uh, nothing else. I mean, thank you so much for having me. I don't know if I added a lot of value. I hope uh, I've been helpful. Uh, but for me, the question is more like a question for you. I think you told me that you, you've been doing about 50 episodes now. It's quite a lot. So well done on that. It was not easy. You started from scratch without having a clue about podcasting. You're now a, a great expert. But what's, are you still enjoying it? What's, uh, what's, uh, what are the next steps here? How far will you go? So I don't know how far I'll go. I've never really planned. I never planned to be a podcaster. Um, but I've enjoyed it. It's 66 episodes. I think this is the 67th episode oh, wow. I'm recording, if, if my numbers are correct. And that is that is a number, that is quite a few few podcast episodes to, to do. And I think every one of those episodes I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed because I've met new guests. And really the intention behind the podcast was to help families make better financial decisions. I think that everyone can make one or two better decisions in their life. And I think that if you choose the right, the key decision points, so if you choose one or two things to do, like, for example, to pay off debt and then to start investing um, or to understand compound growth and to start investing or to, um, uh, to look at the risks of um, leaving financial dependence with, with no income when you die. Like these kind of, There's a few key things that I think – if people made better decisions, it would have a resounding impact throughout generations even. So if listeners today take a few better decisions, I think that these decisions can have effects on future generations in South Africa. We know that in South Africa, our savings rate is very bad and that there's a lot of inequality in the country. And I feel that by doing this podcast, if I can help a few people make some better decisions, that will that will benefit the country. And I mean, I don't think that the scale of this podcast is is big enough to to make um, an impact on that scale. But I think if I can just impact one or two people to help them make a better decision, I think then the all the effort, the time and effort and late nights that I put into the podcast will have been worth it. I'm sure you're helping more than one or two. I uh, hope so. No doubt about that. Anyway, I, I like the fact that it's, it's a finance podcast for non-finance or by non-finance people and for non-finance people, uh, including myself. So I, I'm listening re religiously all the podcasts because I have to. But uh, I'm learning a lot, and I like this the the absence of jargon that uh, are Chinese to me. So so thanks. You're at, at least you're helping for sure one person, uh, which is me, uh, and, and, and much and much more. I'm sure. <laughs> well, then my objective is achieved. And thank you so much for Anel for all your support 
in this venture and other ventures, it's not easy having an entrepreneur in the family. You were also an entrepreneur once and you know how it is. And yeah, I'd like to thank you publicly for all the support you've given me. And thanks again for agreeing to be on the show. It's, uh, it's great that you want to be part of the project and it's not easy to, to come on and talk about something so, um, secretive i think personal finances and family finances are generally so secretive and i think that um one thing i want to do with this season of the podcast is to make it less so so thank you for being brave and coming on and talking about something as personal as finance thanks you for thanks again for inviting me and and uh, and good luck with the next episodes thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being.